Shop Amazon for last-minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last-minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon. From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. My hands are cold, but my feet annoy. Are you leaving me or have you just forgotten? Because in the end, we were never friends before. You've got things like a family. They're a big deal that I'll never be. You know that's okay. We should ride this wave to shore. It's a week out Friday, August 18th, 2017, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by RX Bar. I'm looking at this box right now. Yeah, RX Bar is a whole mm. food protein bar. Now, what does that mean, Eddie? The bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. Uh, they found creating a bar made from real whole food ingredients actually tastes better than anything else out there, and you don't you don't need the fillers, the additives, and the chemicals or added sugar. So RX Bar's core ingredients do all the talking. Their packages have, you know, three egg whites, two dates, six almonds on the front of the package with no BS. Whether you like sweet or savory chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. They come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free with no added sugar, no artificial Ooh. colors, preservatives, or fillers. I'm telling you, I've been eating these all week. They send us a big box. I so love old. them. Yeah, Channing and I have been just eating them right now, and I hope <laughs> that you did not turn down our mic so that you can just hear us suckling it on is, our food. It's so good, isn't it? <laughs> Very good. Can, can I can I say the greatest thing? I love like bars like that because one, like here's the thing: some people call me lazy. Some people say just incredibly efficient with my time. That's right. If I can get an entire meal in like the time it takes me to eat a bar, which is about forty five seconds, boom! Yeah. Look at look at that efficiency, or look at that extra. 15 minutes I get to sleep in right. because I didn't have to cook those right. three eggs. I mean, seriously, here's the deal. I've seen these now in the grocery store. They must be rolling this out pretty big. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. They, uh, RX bars, they're, I mean, the fact that they're like healthy and they taste good. I'm telling you, it's... So here's the thing. I just took a bite and yeah. here's my actual review. Okay. Not as good as a Kit Kat bar. Better than actual food. <laughs> there you go. So I, you go. I think that that's what they're they going for. for. Yeah, they're right? going somewhere totally. between. If you're trying to trick me into think this is Halloween, no thanks. But I could totally eat this <laughs> for breakfast. It was, that's what I'm saying. It was delicious. Around yeah. 11 o'clock every day, I get a little peckish. I just reach back, have my little RX bar. <laughs> right. I'm good to go peckish. until two, 2 o'clock. A little peckish. I'm just saying. You know, yeah. I was told a long time ago, you shouldn't eat things you can't pronounce. There you go. Right? So if you can't pronounce or like spell it, like you probably shouldn't eat it. I don't know what dehydrogenized hydrochloric like I don't know what any of that is right. I can so, pronounce Kit Kat but I can read almonds right and that's the thing that's the actually thing I love about their packaging is super minimal yeah. and it just says here's the ingredients here's the flavor well, boom and also I mean the proof is in the like it's gotta taste good because it it's really, like I, I can feel good about yeah. what I'm eating all day long and enjoy their packaging but right. it actually really tastes great so right. no, that's, that's the crazy job, thing RX I've been eating them all day yeah uh, hey. hey right now RX Bar is doing hey. a special <laughs> offer for relevant podcast listeners you can get 25% off your first order, just visit rxbar.com slash relevant and enter promo code relevant at the checkout. Get 25% off. I'm telling you, mm. I'm telling you, it's delicious. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I used to eat another 
fairly expensive healthy bar as my peckish snack. Yeah. Almond Snicker. And I'm telling you, I'm I'm a convert. I'm over that other brand, and yeah. I'm on this one. That other brand also made you very sick. And fat. Fat and sick. <laughs> so, and and can we, can we talk peckish. about the term peckish? And peckish. Like, that's a new one for me. <laughs> Neither one yeah. of you got past the term peckish. That's where we lost yeah. both Prop and Jesse. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando <laughs> studios, Eddie Big Hat Coffolds. Not peckish anymore. Feeling good. Over there on the ones and twos, our producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Notice I didn't say illustrious because of what happened last weekend. Uh, on the it's Skype hard line, to upload a whole file. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello. Hello. And joining us all the way from San Francisco, California, propaganda. West, West. Yeah. Yeah. Big week, huh? Yeah. Big week. Okay. So I'll just, <laughs> let me just acknowledge it right up front. Um, so obviously, great. since we recorded last time, a lot has happened in our country and in our uh, in our leadership, <laughs> and we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it big time. Um, Are we talking we, about since the founding of the country, or just since I last said week? Since I recorded last, since we recorded last week. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm with okay. that. Yeah. I can go with that. So too. Uh, coming up later on the show, uh, Lecrae is going to join Prop and the rest of us uh, to talk about this issue. Um, obviously, Prop and Lecrae have been uh, very vocal about yeah. um, you know some of these injustice issues that are facing our country. And I texted the guys and I was like, on Monday morning, I mean, we were hitting it hard and we were talking to the editorial team and we had six, seven different, you know, pieces lined up for the day and we were going to, you know, we're hitting it. And I hit them up and I said, guys, what, here's who we're doing. What, like, who else do we need to give our platform to? What voices do we need to publish? And then it kind of dawned on us collectively. It's like, well, why don't we have y'all on? <laughs> and so, yeah. so, so we're going to have, you guys are the voices. So, so uh, they're going to come up later and we're going to, we're going to get into Charlottesville and yep. all the things that have happened since then, trying to keep the beginning of the show fairly normal, normal for us. Uh, and, and just know that it's coming. So um, yeah, yeah. we're not being insensitive and we're not oblivious. There to, is not a lack of awareness. Yeah. That's right. In fact, yeah. we're like biting our tongue to like wait, you know, like it's yeah. like we all want to get into it. Um, but that's coming up later. Jesse, were you disappointed on Monday that your article, uh, the five craziest looks of protesters, uh, wasn't published? <laughs> I know you were excited about that. <laughs> All the tassels. Hey, Eddie, I gotta oh be honest, I'm not even sure how to respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> ten pro the ten best protest signs by oh, Jesse Gary. Ten, ten most ironic protest signs. <laughs> oh, <no>. One <laughs> Protest sign fails. Eddie, you just won. That's, you won, Eddie. You won the relevant part. I've never seen Jesse like stopped in his track. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, because there's no appropriate response for it. Right. There's no example of a joke. There's right. there's nothing that would make that comment appropriate. So I just I you know no Eddie strikes and gutters, man. You know, I mean, sometimes <laughs> you can end up with a solid 100 at the right. end of the show. Yeah, strikes exactly. and gutters. That's all I can hope for. Yeah. Uh, also, kind of later on the show, King's Kaleidoscope joins us. That's a band. Yes. Yeah, it's not an actual object that the king plays with to pass his time. Oh well, then I need yeah. to rebook the show. Show because yeah. I had a review of a product called the King's Kaleidoscope, which is real. Oh. This cool psychedelic monocle thing. Got it ready for the eclipse, guys. On Monday, I'm going to look right in the sun with that. It's a gold encrusted so. stained glass kind of telescope. I can get the band on if we want to do that too, but I'm planning on staring at the sun during the eclipse with a variety of objects, one of which is called the King's Kaleidoscope. So they are a band. Let's go around the table real quick. Have any of your bands ever played with King's Kaleidoscope? Anybody? <laughs> I have never toured with Jesse? King's Kaleidoscope. Nope. Uh, uh, let's see. Chandler? No. No. Propaganda? Can I, 
can I sheepishly raise my hand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, say, so they have a new mixtape yeah. dropping on the today, the 18th, today, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. you are one of the featured collaborators on it. And it's, it's, it's pretty dope, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I love them. We're touring next month. Uh, mostly, uh, we're going to start in um, Seattle, go down to Albuquerque, and then just run up the West Coast. And then we're probably going to do the rest of the country uh, the follow next year, probably in spring. But um, I'm so excited about it, man. Like, we're, I'm going to actually be able to like use some of their band too. So like, be doing some like live performances and just hanging out with these dudes. And they're just so fun. We just shot a video for the song we did together, hmm. and these guys are like, man it's just like cut from the same cloth like their work ethic their music their creativity i'm just like dude i feel like we've known each other forever and they're like mu- musical prodigies each of them like they can play it's like it's ridiculous like they, it's, they each of them could put like do an orchestra between their bands all they literally Prince, can play like everything. all of them like they all yeah. play like 17 instruments and then and then the, and then they have the nerve to bring like to bring an orchestra for like <laughs> video shoots i was like okay so how many buses are we trying to take here <laughs> bring the whole or- i don't know if all y'all can come you know, so, jesse uh, i thought you were saying that musically they were like the late 90s uh, electronic group the prodigy mm, so so good I, I got mixed up on Oh, no. oh, oh well, I actually have a, I actually had the prodigy on this episode <laughs> as well too. Because when I, when I'm watching the eclipse and I'm staring right into that sun, <laughs> like as as deeply as I can, I got two telescopes, one on each eye, staring into. Because guys, this is like a big, th- this is like a once in a lifetime thing. And if I'm going to burn my yeah. retinas on anything, it's going to be this cool. And I like to have the techno blast. Can I then, ask a real know? honest question about the eclipse? Yeah, like, yeah. what's the big deal? Who cares? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It's on the news. (laughs) Who cares? No, no. Propaganda. You're wise. Child of a space race. Right. I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're space spoiled. I just feel like it's just like, all right, all the planets and everything are moving and the sun is everything. And every once in a while, they all cross. Every once in a while, somebody crosses somebody. There's a comet that comes over here and then the rocket goes up. I mean, there's always something going on. I think Haley's Comet's a big deal because you're like, well, that's just I mean, what are the chances? Well, once every 75 years, it's a very high chance. I mean, yeah, exactly. The chances are are easily calculatable. (laughs) The thing about this, you you guys are missing. I'm not I'm not worried about like the the solar or or like galactic phenomenon of it. I'm more, this is more of a blood moon type of thing for me. Yeah. I've been, I've been uh, reading some borderline weird pro- prophetical stuff that uh, I'm pretty convinced <laughs> this is it. So I got a bunker going. A blood, I'm, my, my thing is blood moon in this. I'm convinced I'm not going to need my eyes much longer after the eclipse right. because of the blood moon stuff. Right. So that's why I'm going to let them go down in a blaze of glory, which is watching a really cool eclipse. So that's my so game. Apparently in, apparently in Oregon and Bend, apparently that's the like the best place to see it in the states and they said they're expecting over a million people to come up there so they're taking the one highway that goes into bend (laughs) and making both sides one way until sunday where it's going to make both sides the other way out and so So it's just like they're like we're about to have a logistical nightmare yeah yeah they're all just going to camp camp and stay in maybe that's where maybe they're all that's good isn't there a (laughs) prophecy about like the dead in christ will rise first something in blood moon and then the people will rise maybe it's not going to be from bend oregon maybe they're they're all going there to get lifted. Have you been to Bend? No. It's not unreasonable I to have. think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not unreasonable to think that that's where it could all go it's down. It's not unreasonable that. And if you know anything <laughs> about Oregon culture, it's very possible that they completely believe that this is going to symbol some sort of like uh, beginning of oh, yeah. like Galactica happening. Oh, yeah. And some and dude they, named Thorax is going to come out here somewhere. 
And then right in the middle of the Valley of Megiddo, there's me with a yes, comically yeah. large pair of binoculars <laughs> staring all, into the sun. I've been, I've been per- prepping by staring into the sun for like, I'm trying to build up the ice tolerance. I think that's, I think a lot of people make mistakes. So they go out there during the eclipse yeah. and they just start staring at the sun for Rookie like 15 mistake. minutes. The thing is, I got my binoculars. Rookie. I started at like 30 seconds. Right. I'm up to two minutes of staring directly into the sun with binoculars. And I think by, by Monday, I'm going to be fine. It's, it's, it's more of a tolerance thing that yeah. people don't understand. Yeah, I agree. It's tolerance thing. Our, I don't know if your school district is doing it, but our school district, you can get your kids early from school to you, know, oh, wow. you can pull out early from school to go see the eclipse. My son goes to a Christian school and so they're just having a prayer service during it. Yeah, yeah. praying yeah. for Yeah. yeah. No, 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 but they, I got an email last night thing, uh, that they bought uh, solar glasses for all the kids to go out and see and I decided permission slip to let my kids stare at the sun. I love it. I, I feel like people who genuinely burn their retinas in yeah, this, it's they deserve just like, it. Well, it's, it is just Darwinism at that point. You're like, <laughs> it's all we hear about. I, look, look, listen, I know more about the risk of burning retinas than I do what actually causes that eclipse. Cause that's still a mystery to me. Yeah. But you know, it's all I hear about with this. I don't hear about the rarity. All I'm hearing now is burn retinas. Just let me enjoy it, man. Just don't, just don't tell me about these horrible physical risks. Let me just enjoy this natural phenomenon that only happens every couple decades without the entire conversation about the eclipse revolving around the risk of burning your retinas. There's Jesse's libertarianism coming out again. Let let me burn my own retinas if I feel like it. I don't need Uncle Sam telling me what I cannot put into my retinas. If it's direct sunlight, it's direct sunlight. Don't tread on these eyes of mine. All right, we'll move the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. This is the light stuff, not the heavy stuff. It's time for In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It, and amidst all the other news that happened this week, uh, Justin Bieber confirmed that he's not, not starting his own church. Yeah. I'm just emphasizing the not. I'm not saying double yeah. negative, not, that's, not. That's great. Oh, I was like, wait, He's what? not. I emphasize again. <laughs> I was say, Cameron, you kind of delivered that one. Here. He's <laughs> not, like, not starting He's one. not. And then well, I italicized not it, it. Not starting his own church. So following the news that uh, Bieber was canceling the last several weeks of his purpose tour in Australia, rumors spread that he was going to focus on starting his own church. Man. The rumors persisted despite the fact that he wrote an extended Instagram post explaining, I want my career to be sustainable, but I also want my mind, heart, and soul to be sustainable. The tour had been going on for nearly a year and a half. Uh, this weekend, a photographer caught up with the singer, that would be the paparazzi, yeah. um, and asked him directly if he was planning on starting a church of his own, and Bieber flatly said no. He also no. said that he's not working on in, uh, with any of the artists at the church. Uh, he's been heavily involved with Hillsong Church and frequently posts Instagram images with pastors from several churches like Carl Lenz, Chad Veach, Judah Smith, Rich Wilkerson Jr., and others. His involvement with the churches isn't because he's trying to launch his own, but rather because he's just genuinely interested in being a part of faith communities. So there you go. Well, good for him. No, Bieber, no, go no first a, Bieber. Yeah, go buy a jet ski, kid. Can, can I mention something about you? You you mentioned that thing with the double negative in the headline, Cameron, and, and correct did. yourself. Well, he, he didn't and, not and, do that. I, and, I and, yeah. <laughs> And Eddie mentioned, Eddie did an inappropriate joke about protest signs. I did see one protest sign that was from Charlottesville yeah. that it said it was from the the counter protesters. And right. it said, um, uh, the good people say no to white supremacism. But white supremacism had like the red circle with a line through it, like the no smoking signal. Say uh, no you know? to no white supremacism. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. I 
I was you thinking think that through. I, yeah. They should have just committed to one of those. It should have just been line for <laughs> yeah. white supremacy. It should have just said white supremacy <laughs> with the thing around yeah, it. With a big line. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Say no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that. The, speaking of that, Eddie, I did see a, 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 an unfortunate protest sign this yeah. weekend. Hey, in case you missed it, the Movie Pass service wants to get people going to the movies again by offering a $10 a month Movie Pass. So it's one of the founders of Netflix, and he wants to seriously yeah. disrupt the movie industry with this company. This is dropped the price of its service to $9.95 a month in an effort to learn more about customers' moving going habits. The price of the subscription service is no longer broken into tiers, and it lets you pay a flat monthly fee in exchange for being able to go to the movies every single day without buying a ticket, though you can only see one movie a day, uh, unless you just wander into another theater after your movie's done. I mean, come on. We were all fourth graders on summer break. Because I've done that. I've heard of people getting arrested for shoplifting for that. How else am I going to see Dangerous Minds? Right? I gotta sneak into it. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Lowe told Variety, after years of studying and analysis, we found that people want to go to the movies more often, but the pricing keeps going up and that prevents them from going more. We're making it more That's affordable for people. So even though theaters will be reimbursed for the tickets, some chains are speaking out against the model. AMC, the biggest chain in the country, said flat no. Uh, they said that price level is unsustainable and only sets up consumers <laughs> for ultimate disappointment down the road if or when the product can no longer be fulfilled. Ironically, the same chain that posted a record loss this week. Yeah, they're not going to participate. Yeah, think about the future. It, well, they're like Blockbuster fighting Netflix That's exactly, at this point. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know? Let me ask, speaking for the entire music industry, the, the movies guys like, you, okay, you can say no as long as you want. Right. Okay? You gonna lose this battle, fam. Right. The, signed yeah. music right yeah. you're know saying yeah. like remember 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 when the music industry was like nah man free services streaming services no it's gonna kill us all it's gonna kill right. us all oh word okay wait two years yeah, yeah. You know i'm saying well Let the, it go, guys. the thing about you're gonna lose this I, yeah I, I i'm very curious about the whole movie theater model because i've read that pretty much the price of tickets goes straight to the studios mm-hmm. and that all theaters make their money with concessions. Mm-hmm. They yeah. might take a, a dollar or two off the ticket price, but Who when you see like make our money the, with box, concessions. the box office gross or whatever, yeah. that's the movie ticket price and that it went to true. the theater. So if anybody should be upset about this, it should be the movie studios, not the theaters. The theaters are kind of just passed through. It'll get more people in their theaters buying, buying $25 stuff, yeah. popcorns. Yeah. They really need they, to do two passes. They need to do the movie pass and the concession pass. Sand, the concession pass. pass. I mean, some of them already do like bottomless popcorn, you know? Well, yeah, you buy the $13 bucket, they'll fill it up twice for you. Hey, in real talk, in college, 11 cents of popcorn. In college, we used to go to the movies, and I'm not proud of it, but if there was like a popcorn thing on top of the garbage, like that, that looked like, you know, no one like, like a a clean person uh, previously used this. Exactly. And I mean, the butter that they put in there is so molten hot. It's got to kill most bacteria. (laughs) They're putting molten, the worst logic. They line it. They line it. It with, they sanitize it with hot butter. That's what I'm so saying. I think yeah. you're good. Yeah. I think you're good. And, and anyway, but but that was a way to get the the free popcorn. But no, I think look if there's any if there's any like one of the last vestiges of modern entertainment that needs to be disrupted. It is the movie theater model because it's been operating on the same business model for decades now. And like, yeah. I don't go to the movies as much as I used to anymore. And it, it, it's not cost prohibitive, but it's certainly not as convenient as staying home and watching Netflix or any of the other 10 streaming also your uh, you age. Know, apps I have. So like, if you can have something where I can literally just pull up to a movie theater whenever I want and not have to pay any extra because it's just another subscription, I think it's a fantastic idea. Can I, can I ask, do you really think that the future of movies 
movies is, is it making the theater experience somehow more enjoyable, affordable again, or is it going to be getting brand new movies into your home like right away. I, there's your big industry debate right now. Yeah, I mean, right. obviously you see AMCs like doubling down on amenities like food at yeah, your seat, reserve now, your right? seat, the uh, bar. Yeah. Again, that's where yeah. they make their money. Reclining they're trying to seats. make, yeah, amazing yeah, reclining yeah. seats. I mean, it's take nappy nap. I mean, yeah. they're trying to make it more luxurious that you can't replicate this at your house. And then there's people like Mark Cuban that are saying the day it releases in the theater, it should be available on all your devices and you can just pick how you want to give me money. Right. You know? So it's, it's a big debate between the theater owners and the studios. Them fountain drinks are the are the win, though. I had a buddy that uh, <laughs> that, that franchised that had a McDonald's franchise, and he helped out, or he, he was partial of uh, one of the movie theaters. And they're like, for their drinks, you it's like the 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 extra large soda cost them six cents. Mm-hmm. So they're like, of course you can have bottomless, yep, because it's all profit, right? You know, yeah. so. So if that's the case, then like, yeah, you're right. Like the theater should be like, man, I don't care. You do whatever you want. Right. Y'all want this popcorn though? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. And like, if you, I feel like there is a model out there that if you want the experience, it's almost like uh, with going to like a baseball game or something, like tickets to a base, like a minor league baseball game mm-hmm. are, are almost nothing. It costs, yeah. you know, five or $10, but I'm going to go, I'm going to have some food. I'm going to have some drinks, going to, you know, let my kid buy some, uh, you know, souvenirs and stuff. I think if 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 theaters started moving more to the model of like sports games then yeah he, where, where even like you had like cool merch and little uh, you know stuff that like if for kids like it's always baffled me that for like let's say you take a kid to go see like cars or something why isn't there like a little toy store right outside that switches ah, with that like the different movies brilliant. so you can buy merch Dude, if and, the new batman uh, movie right. opens and then they had like you know official studio swag in the in the lobby in a yeah. gift yeah. shop i p- fans would totally buy that but stuff i, I just I'm think a grown man and yeah. would do that Dude, i walked out the avengers and yeah. i would see like I'd be like, oh my gosh, I need that or, shield. Or, or that you know, brilliant. like so many of these movies are adapted from books and novels. Like, there's been so many times where I saw the movies. Like, yeah, I'm curious to kind of read the book now. Even if they had like a little books, like there are so many other ways to monetize the movie going experience. It's just they're stuck wow. in this old let model people, let that people, doesn't make any sense anymore. Let people in the door for yeah. this ten bucks a month thing, and then while I'm in there, serve me dinner, overpriced snacks, and give me a gift shop experience. You're, it's almost like you made your own you mall. Win. The only one I like you got more them. people in the building to spend money. The theme park. Hey, in case you missed it, <laughs> David Letterman is coming back with his own Netflix show. That's good. And it's only Brilliant. it's only six of them, but there's six hour long episodes of the. It's a new series that'll feature long form interviews along with reports from the field from the former Late Show host. He said the new series won't resemble a traditional late night show. He told the New York Times that he's going to write down a list of people that you know you're not going to be able to talk to, and those are the people that I want to try to get to talk to, and added, as with many things, I'm coming from a position of great ignorance, so so the well of questioning is pretty much infinite. No air date has been announced. I'm excited. It, it, I Netflix love had quite a week. They, they announced uh, Shonda Rhimes, too, signed yeah. a deal with them to yeah. produce content Huge. for them exclusively. An exclusive yeah. contract. Well, yeah. they just lost Disney, though. I mean, that's the thing. They have they to compensate Disney. because Disney walked away, and Disney owns marvel and star wars so right. i mean look this this letterman show is like genuinely intriguing because letterman's an interesting guy and it sounds like he's going to do something completely outside the box like none of his statements have offered a lot of clarity on what he exactly means by it although it seems to tap into like his 
genuine curiosity I about things. I think he's going to do Anthony Bourdain type thing, where he goes to Barack's house and spends a day yeah. with them. And, yeah. You know, like, like, I like, like comedians in cars type thing. Yeah. 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 Um, That'd be smart. Yeah. The, the Disney news, I, I, I I don't know. I don't. I see the Moana thing being promoted on Netflix or whatever. I didn't realize they have like Rogue One, Star Wars movies and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and a bunch of the MCU movies. They have Doctor Strange, uh, you know, Civil War. I, I mean, that losing that is a huge deal. Yeah. 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 If I'm Disney, I'm not loaning my license to anything. I'm like, they own islands, so I'm like, you can come to me. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, the three most liked tweets of all time were revealed uh, this week. Yes. CNN connected with Twitter to figure out which tweets have received the most likes, and it turns out one of them was just sent this past week. The third yeah. most liked uh, tweet was Ellen's famous Oscar selfie featuring celebrities like Bradley Cooper, uh, Lupita, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Brad Pitt, others. The second was a message from Ariana Grande to fans following the terror attack at one of her concerts that killed 22 people. It read, broken, from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry, I don't have words. The number one, however, which has been liked more than 3.1 million times as, a, as us, yeah. like us recording this, was tweeted this weekend, just a few days ago, by President Obama following the events in Charlottesville. It features an image of the former president with a diverse group of children that are all like in a window. And includes part of a quote from Nelson Mandela that reads, no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. Most liked tweet of all time. Crazy. In just a few days, which is amazing. Yeah. Glorious. And that, I, I, with all like, it, it, with all the vitriol and poison on social media, like all the time, especially these days. <laughs> from um, leaders. It, yeah. it, it's, it's encouraging that you know, the, the, something could become like uh, this cultural touchstone in a week becoming the, the, you know, the most liked tweet of all time is a message uh, that is hopeful. So I, you know, even though there's all the madness and craziness in the world, yeah. there is uh, little things like this sometimes offer little kind of encourage glimpses of encouragement. And on a similar note, I yeah. got I got a ten likes on a sister act tweet that I made joke oh, yesterday. Sure. So I was feeling <laughs> pretty, pretty good about my my social what media. Was, life. What was the tweet? If I don't, you don't, I, don't I don't want to do that. Come on, come on, you can't bring it up. Hold on, no, no, I'll bring it up because it was really great. It was really um, great. He says, <laughs> "Here's the buildup. Here you keep. Here you keep going. I no, we're done. We're we're closing out the segment after we hear the tweet. We're going to end on a high yeah. note. Uh, get it? Because they're back in the habit of singing and dancing, and the habit is a special hat that nuns wear. Get it? I just you know I was pointing out, looking at you giggling about this. Just added. I wish I could watch you tweet I, I, this. I laughed about that for two days about making a joke about the back in the habit, and then I did it, and it." blew up <laughs> literally tens tens of likes not tens just 10 <laughs> yeah hey eddie you should do you should do one with speed to cruise control that's the exact same line of 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 reasoning like get it terrorists took control of a cruise and it, they put it in cruise control right. get it it's a great it's joke perfect it's i saw joke. a great tweet this week <laughs> that said sometimes do you ever it, it, i'm gonna butcher it but it's something along the lines of do you ever think jeremy irons starts laughing to himself while ironing, while ironing a shirt <laughs> because his name is a complete sentence. His oh. name is a, is a subject and a verb. Jeremy Irons. And there he is ironing, oh laughing to himself. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. <laughs> 
listening to Moss M O S S S. Not like more All caps. Moss. Oh, I see. Not like uh, the song is here if you want. Uh, parentheses blue pale. Close parentheses. It was like Moss propaganda. Boy, boy, hey boy. Eddie, do you good. think the makers of Sister Act Two: Back in the Habit thought of the name and were like, "It's so good, we kind of have to do a sequel." Right. Like the first one, I really think there's didn't certain movies that well enough t- to necessitate a sequel. <laughs> right. but the name came first. Yeah, right. the name yeah, comes it's first. Too good. We're going to reverse engineer this. The title <laughs> is too good. Hey, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard <laughs> Alex Leahy with "Every Day's the Weekend." Every day's the weekend. There you but go. By the way, by, by the way, the way that's I'm convinced how that's, how, uh, that's how Speed 2 Cruise Control got made. Because they were thinking of, they had a brainstorming. Look, Speed 1, it was, a, it was a bus. It was a runaway bus in downtown LA rush hour. It doesn't get more exciting. Around the table... We got to think. We got to one up this thing for the sequel. Like, there's airplanes, there's motorcycles, there's race cars, and someone's like a cruise boat out in open water with nothing in its way. Like, you could just open it up, and it would be in danger to no one for days and days and days in the open ocean. And like, well, that's a terrible idea. That doesn't that sound exciting at all. It's called cruise control. There it is. It, so, that's how that movie. I'm convinced that's how. That's the only reason that movie got me. So it's slice. It's time for I didn't slices. Even see part two. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Uh, it was okay. a nice leisurely cruise. Um, <laughs> not much happens. happens. There's a midnight buffet. Second act. Yeah. It's yeah. Not much. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's time for slices. Now, slices is our kind of weird news of the week segment. Clearly, it was difficult this week to ignore the real news, to find the weird, funny news. We're going to try our best. Do know that we're aware of how odd this is, and uh, we are going to get into the real news after this segment. But uh, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So uh, a business analyst group recently partnered with Walmart to determine the most sold item in each state in the country. So Amazon's (laughs) taking over the world, but Walmart still does a ton ton of business and offers like an interesting psychological look at uh, the consumer habits of states around the country. Um, and th- some of the, some of them, some of these aren't that surprising. Some are absolutely baffling. So I want to, I want to, I want to read to you some of the most read, the, the most purchased item at Walmart's compared different comparing different states around the country now do we I have f- the time of day that this item was purchased right. at walmart because i think the walmart crowd after 11 p.m and the walmart crowd at 3 right. p.m are very very different <laughs> yeah. yeah and all of Makes them have point. to be wolf t-shirts right <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a solid it, 9 p.m most yeah. of the country Everybody most of the country was wolf, wolf t-shirts. t-shirts yeah uh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like New Jersey was the most obvious. Like pretty much anyone can guess. Eddie, what do you think the most purchased item at Walmart uh, is in the state of New Jersey? Bronzer, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> hair gel. Oh yeah, Bronzer. it's close. You're Sun- close. Like sunscreen. It's dumbbells. Oh. <laughs> no, wow. there's no way it's yeah, more right. purchased than eggs. I mean. I- Dude, okay, I'm. This is on business. So maybe it's non, I'm looking maybe it's at an interactive map maybe right it's now. Non-food items, because there's no way that milk is selling less than dumbbells. It's got to be a proportional. Well, not all Walmart sell milk. No, no, it's got to be a really. Pro- it's still like yeah. get out of the food, even just okay. Then Doritos T-shirts. Okay, I'm gonna read. Okay, a pack maybe, of undershirts. Maybe There's maybe no they're withholding something. No. Maybe they were solely said that. But here's what it said: Walmart gathers more data than any other U.S. retailer on what Americans are buying. What Americans are buying thanks to sheer size. This is from Business Insider. Uh, the company recently analyzed the data to find out which items are the most popular in every state that's, and shared the okay, results with Business Insider. Right. That means unique it's, item that's it's, more popular in right. this state than another. 
it's, states. It's highly, di- it's the most disproportional to the yeah, average. Yeah, because Doritos is going to be across the whole country. I know for a fact that in New Jersey, <laughs> those dudes uh, buy more dumbbells than they do eggs. That might be that is, that's, that's common <laughs> No, they need the eggs for protein and yeah. they need to roid up, you know? Yeah. Okay, okay. I, maybe you're right because some of these are, are bad. Like, some of them aren't surprising. Like, Florida, this is kind of cool. The most, the, the popular item was connected home kits. Oranges. What? Oh, connected oh, really? home kits. Smart home yeah. kits. At Walmart. Yeah, but that makes sense because Florida energy companies are starting to give like rebates for them. So this yeah. is the proportional. Uh, it's got to be the Walmart, unique item that spiked. Saw, uh, right. It spiked across uh, a country uh, norm. Across all of our stores, we sell 15 of these a day. Florida, and, they Florida, sell 40. 40 a yeah. day. We're still yeah. selling more yeah. t-shirts, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that yeah, I'm pretty sure Walmart saw a spike recently, uh, specifically in Charlottesville, for yeah, like tiki, tiki torches. Ah, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> I was kind of hoping he'd get to it and we could do it in real time. <laughs> I, had some t- I have some tiki, so tiki torches I. for some backyard gatherings because it keeps yeah, the bugs like away. Else I will never use them ever again. No way. They yeah. were, they tiki, tiki came out and, and, and it said, we want nothing to do. <laughs> like, they literally released a corporate statement. I'm sorry. That picture is forever part of American history. I'm not going to have to redesign that. That like yeah. you just gonna y'all to. went from like scary racist to frat boys like yeah. immediately, and then I'm going and so like I I I think I had probably one of my funniest Twitter rants off the tiki torches <laughs> because I'm like man I can't take your racism serious yeah because yeah. you look like you just came from a luau right now yeah no, like, that's yeah. true what do you what do you like who which one which one of the clan members started that right yeah. was yeah. I mean, was y'all having a uh, was there a sale like Talk about back in the habit. Yeah, the, man. The, those those white supremacists back smelled like hate, habit. but also citronelli. It was very weird. Yes. It yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> I really hate mosquitoes. Right, okay, so Florida's uh, smart home. Uh, okay, N- Nevada. <laughs> Nevada is canned pumpkins. Canned pumpkins because it can't grow in the desert. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And it's too hard. Yeah, exactly. You got to eat them in a can. This is the one that was most baffling for me for Illinois, the state of Illinois. <laughs> Puzzle storage. Puzzle storage. <laughs> How many what? puzzles do you ha- does your home have to have? Hold on. That you would buy special storage just for the puzzles. Like it's not that puzzles are the most sold item right, in right, Illinois. Right. It's storage for. Are do, do do people in Illinois hand down these puzzles? Like where are the puzzles coming from? <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're not buying them all new. You, this is generations worth of puzzles adding on top of each other. I need storage. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we forget that like Illinois, that Chicago is like one sixty second of Illinois. Like, there's a lot of other state there, and they're heavy. There's nothing to do. All they do That's is the puzzles, thing. and when they and when they finish one, because there's nothing else to do. I mean, I got to throw it out right. and put it in puzzle store. You keep it because you're going to pass it down to your kids one day. So, but yeah, three months out of the year, you can go outside in Chicago. <laughs> Nine months of the year, <laughs> you're inside doing puzzles. You've got a lifetime supply. You need to store them. I get it. Yeah. Good point. Uh, North Carolina, <laughs> electric knives, like, like turkey carving knives. What? Electric what? knives. Was this I, study done in November? Because you have pumpkin and now knives. I, I, I think I, Dude, well, I, I'm assuming you, people Cameron. around the holidays like stock up on this stuff. But to me, I don't even know if my household, I don't even know if we have an electric knife, <laughs> m- much less all my neighbors have. Like, it just seems like an insane item for it to be number one. Um, it does. It's an interesting look at the psychology. Like Texas was wedding invitations. What? Um, uh, Nebraska was beverage tumblers. Like to get married, I'll tell you that. 
Yeah, Nebraska beverage tumblers. I think that I think people in Nebraska have a problem, uh, is what it's saying. Uh, Also, Connecticut DVDs. Who's buying and Blu-ray movies, DVDs and Blu-rays? Who's buying those anymore? Where? Connecticut. Connecticut. Do they not have the internet up there? Like, who's? When's the last time any of you guys have bought a DVD or a Blu-ray? I literally can't think of it. Yeah. Years. Exactly. It's, it shows something about this, the psychology of not just people around the country, but also, uh, you know, Walmart customers. Minnesota was folding chairs. And if there's any state that I would want to move to just based on what the most popular item, it's absolutely the Washington state where they sold more Starburst than anywhere in the country. So I think I think Washington state absolutely wins. That's crazy. All right. What do you have prop? Well, I have uh, a lot of things. But the one thing for for this is. You know, you put something in a documentary and all of a sudden it's true, whether it's true or not. You put it in a documentary and now it's like the new thing. So like when they had like the what the health thing. That no, like I know. I've seen, sudden, bl- I've seen Blackfish. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of a sudden everybody's, you know. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden I can't yeah. go yeah. to the world and enjoy myself. Yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all bad, right? So, Forks over uh, knives, all that jazz. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> so uh, about a year and a half ago, I watched this uh, documentary on Bitcoin. Right, the you know the digital sort of currency um, to try to kind of get my brain around whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And it turns out, like I know I left that thing like basically just pretending like I knew what I was talking about um, because I maybe grabbed a few chunks out of that. Like I get it that it functions on this idea of scarcity, right? That like if you make a fixed amount of units of something then they maintain their value and the value isn't i'm tracking contingent on like you know um the ups and downs of of like markets like, if you will yeah right yeah. Uh, because or it's just math yeah. like it's like it's like it's oversight is math there's only so many of them right um so that's as far as i could get in my understanding so how to get them is some sort of like mining which i don't understand how none of that works right mm-hmm. uh I'm tracking. apparently no one does, right? And recently, they just had the equivalent of a stock market crash, um, which I thought when I read the documentary that they didn't have a stock market because it's like governed by math. So apparently in, in Wired magazine, um, they, they put out this article that says Bitcoin makes even smart people feel dumb. So the truth is the most greatest experts of Bitcoin, like meta currency, and, and what those that are into the Bitcoin thing would call us that are on just regular paper money call that flat currency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that they can't figure out like what happened and how to explain what happened. Um, and so, 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 but I think it brings up a bigger thing to think about. And what they're saying and, and what Bitcoin kind of like, exposes is that currency has no intrinsic value except for what we give it right right um so so when we say hey you know you got a lot of gold it's like well gold is rocks and it's only <laughs> and it's only it's only because we we said that that rock's more important than that rock is why this and paper money is just it's cotton it's that's why it's just cotton you know yeah. and and why like so so this crash sort of confirmed that 
yeah, you, you, whether it's paper or digital, it's still just currency is just what we agree it is. And, 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 and then it also shows really how to think about technology, because if like if you were to sat down in 1989 and say, hey, what's the Internet? Like, could you articulate what the internet is? Like, can you say it in a sentence? Dude, I had to right? try. I used to work at Office Depot, like back in the boom of the internet, and sell mm, computers to like old people. Six months ago. <laughs> like, and sell computers to old people, and they would say, like, what is internet? And you're like, I don't even... Well, there's a movie with Sandra Bullock called The Net. Just give them a DVD, because yeah. mm-hmm. they all it's have the DVD. It's a documentary, actually. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. My mom watched <laughs> that and un- started unplugging the internet from the oh, computer no. when we were smart. online. That's smart. Because they can, come, awesome. they can come over the phone line while the computer's off right. and take all your stuff. I think we don't know yeah. that? Yeah. And, and prop, I think, the, I think part of the point, yeah, if something is so complex that it's impossible to articulate, it, it's easy for that to become unwieldy because the people in control of it, you know, have a difficulty defining the terms, much less yeah. of actually enforcing those terms, which is why, uh, you know, I've long lost faith in any sort of currency and converted all of my savings into alpaca and rare pogs. Yeah. Alpaca is... Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm getting fur. Worst comes to worst, I've gotten meat. Uh, uh, I didn't want to, but I did. Yeah. Uh, and right. uh, you know, delicious alpaca milk right. and the rare pogs. That's the scarcity thing, guys. The they're they're not making anymore. Trust me. <laughs> and so, uh, I, <laughs> if if it all goes down and you guys come to me with your bitcoins and with your wallets yeah. full of paper money that is worthless to me, yeah, you're going to have to do some interesting trades or services if you want to get in some of this alpaca action. All I'm so. saying is, I watch the Alaskan Bushman <laughs> shows, and they don't have any need for our paper or no. Bitcoin currencies. They're just swapping and helping and everybody's happy and then a buried some. But, you know, uh, it's it's a different way to live and I think that we should consider yeah. it. You the, know. The, I really feel like Jesse thought of that joke the yeah. second I sent him my slice. He was like, I'm going to set this fool up. Like, <laughs> yes, that's the one. Perfect. Yeah, the problem with Bitcoin, besides like nerds losing their Minecraft accounts and stuff like that, is that like it's an... <laughs> I don't think you pay for Minecraft with Bitcoin. Oh, I'm sure there's a way. You can that's, hack it. That's what you don't understand. Yeah. Is that it's yeah. like an untraceable currency that's used a lot yeah. on really terrible and terrible, terrible like the ways. Dark web. Yeah, like the buying yeah. and selling like of humans. But, but, really? Like where I bought alpacas, because real talk, they're not legal in the state of Virginia. So, <laughs> wink, wink, this ranch I got out back... Uh, I, I got 35 alpacas crammed in my backyard that the that I don't need the city to know about. So uh, you, you guys should probably point. franchise up with your bees and and like and chickens in your backyard. Yeah, right, you got yeah. the alpacas. Yeah. I feel like y'all got. Very, like a I'll say this: very agitated because it's a tight space back there, and I keep cramming them in. Every time I get more on Bitcoin, immediate every paycheck is going to new alpaca. I've got a whole system, man. It's getting pretty tight back there, and they don't look healthy. I'm going to be honest. I think I got them too tight. Well, I'm more concerned about my investment. I just say this: I'm willing to start freezing a lot of alpaca meat if if what happens is with what I think is going to happen is going to happen soon. So, uh, anyway, I'm rich with alpaca meat. All that to say, pushes the button. So Bitcoin's crashing. Invest in alpaca. That's what we're saying. That was prop slice. Good slice, prop. All right, what do you have, Eddie? Thank you. Um, well, Prop and I decided to be adults in this kind of conversation. We brought yeah. actual slice about something, uh, you know, yeah. substantive. <laughs> Jesse, I look forward to seeing how you destroy this. <laughs> a story out of Los Angeles. There is a pilot program that is uh, just a really interesting concept. It is paying. It's like a flight school? 
That's what I'm talking oh. about. Chandler, just uh, pull his microphone down. Oh. Um, so it is paying homeowners in some unincorporated communities fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars to either improve their existing dwelling or add a dwelling to their home, a, a place where someone can live, in order to uh, let someone that is homeless live in their home. The program was introduced last year in uh, L.A. as a as a measure. There's like these 47 strategies to combat combat homelessness because the homelessness rate in L.A. While I don't know the statistic, I know that it is extremely high and it's been it's very high. It's been in the news a lot lately, like it's high even for Los Angeles. Um, yeah. And so they are giving people if they are willing to build a structure into their home and house a homeless person effectively making them not homeless anymore, they will give them. $75,000 and it's 50000 if they have an existing structure and they just need to improve it to make it inhabitable. Kind of like a garage apartment sort of thing? That's right. Yeah. So you add, you know, air conditioning and I don't know what else you need. But um, kitchen, water, yeah, things bathroom, of that, that nature. Yeah. Insulation. They've been doing like really rad things in LA. Like they have this one that's like a, a it's like a portable sort of like shower mm-hmm. where it's like, it's almost like a food truck, oh, but yeah. it's like a truck for showers and they just pull up, you could set up. And then like, if you got like a job interview and they'll, they're like, yo, you come clean up, do what you got to do. Um, and then, you know, and then they're like, they're doing these, uh, like again, like food truck styles of like, um, like secondhand stores. Yeah. So like, again, like you, you want to dress up a little better to try to get this job. They're just pulling up. You could take care of that. Go do what you got to do. Um, and then come back. So like, they're really trying their best to like, uh, I'm really proud of the city for that. Like mm-hmm. really trying their best to like, kind of think outside the box as to like how to, how to really, uh, and it's really this. and it's really like dignity preserving stuff. It's not yeah, just like yeah. here's a here's a sandwich that's terrible it's tasting. Handout, it's like yeah. they're really trying yeah. to figure out like how yeah. can we be genuinely helpful to this population that's caught in a pretty vicious yeah. cycle. Well, and and the cool thing about that program that that there you were we talking go. about, Eddie, is the other thing too is it like pr- promotes the community element. Like yeah. it, it's it's yeah. it, it's incentivizing people to get involved and to help people in need. And like Cameron said, not just like a, a handout or like buildings like a like a new shelter. Like th- those are helpful things, but thinking outside the box and actually yeah. incentivizing people to renovate their homes and to add on to their homes with a sole intention of being able to help someone break the cycle of homelessness. I think that's a cool yeah. community initiative. Well, like there's a th- in town, we've got this thing, the picnic project and it's this, like we go, we went last Sunday and we go all the time where, they basically just this gourmet chef cooks incredible food and then everybody sits down and eats this wonderful meal together. And I'm sitting there, my daughters are sitting there and people that are walking in just off the streets are sitting there while eating together. And you're like, Oh, this is, this is part of it, right? We're all, we're all together actually being in community together. And so to your point, there's something really beautiful that happens when we just sort of acknowledge the humanity of each other. I I will say this, the, the, the city is not giving me any money. They've actually fined me $75,000. Actually dodge that because the sort of operation I have here is against a lot of codes and the alpacas bit some people. Uh, and I'm facing a lawsuit for alpaca bites. So I'm not in a good situation. I, I owe the city 
you quite a bit of money. So if that's what you're getting at, Eddie, thanks. That's an open wound. And See, I thought I'm they a lot spit. Of debt, a lot of debt right now. From you're these, saying from they these bite? I thought they spit. They'll do whatever they have to that's do. That's llamas. Oh, llamas I mean, spit. like I said, llamas mine are spit. pretty agitated because they're not in a sanitary <laughs> dwelling, according to the mayor. Uh, so according to city council. There is nothing scientifically different between a llama and an alpaca, I believe. I believe they're the same. Animal. I think that's right. We don't need to hit Ask Science Mike uh, no. about that. I think genetic. I think it's just two different names for the same thing. Right. It's like dog and wolf. Exactly the same yeah. thing. No difference. Yeah, did you know that a, a, a mountain lion, a panther, a cougar, and a jaguar are all the same animal? That's I read that recently. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Florida panther is the same as a as a as a jaguar or something. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're the same animal. Matter of fact, they hold the record for the most names of themselves. Llamas have long banana shaped ears, while alpacas have shorter. See, I'm surprised it's not a rapper. It's the same you know, ears. like Hove, Jay Z, because Prop, you've only got two. Yeah, he only has two names. Your government name and then propaganda. Yeah, that is true. And then different variations of such. But it's not like I'm not like a Wu Tang member. Right. Uh, they have like multiple <laughs> names. Right. You know, Italian stallion. You know what I'm saying? Bobby so, Stills, so you're saying Johnny jaguars? Blaze. Jaguars are the Wu Tang of the animal kingdom, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Llamas yeah, are Bobby twice Diddle. the size of alpacas. They're twice the size. Yeah, but so alpacas can prove are that. backyard size. That's why Jesse invested in but them. How can you prove that? Yeah. Exactly. They're, they're backyard size, except for when you get uh, north of 50. What if that's there. just a tall alpaca? You that's know what I'm right. Saying? That's right. That's right. Propaganda. <laughs> Are me and Shaq two different species? No. Yep. That's right. The truth is out there. <laughs> oh, so you're saying? Oh, so you're saying that it's just a size difference, but they're exactly the same. It's the same just as you and Shaq. Yeah, right. Okay. It's generally if because you got you, a big you, alpaca, you got yourself to a llama. Tadashi. If right. I stood next to Tadashi and I showed you his calf and my calf, yeah, my leg and his leg, you would think because that's that's that boy's bones, yeah, like he's literally that big, yeah, right. So I would imagine, like, yeah, you know, five thousand years from now, if you dug up both of our bones, you would think that I was an unevolved species in relation to Tadashi's skeleton. But no, he's just a big dude. Also, their hair is different, but they're basically cousins right. of the same species. Their hair is different, but they're cousins. The, the, the alpaca hair is finer and used for clothing. I just, what I love is that uh, Chandler didn't look that up. He just no, he's, he's very passionate right. about his alpacas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, I mean, I, well, here's the thing. I've swindled Chandler to make quite an investment. He didn't want to make it uneducated, but uh, so, you know, he put in the time, he put in the research. He gave me quite a yeah. sum of money. He just didn't know how terrible I was at managing these. And now he's actually on the hook and he's yeah. in quite a, quite a bit of trouble with like the city as well. Because I got his name on the deed for this little uh, <laughs> this little pin I got back. Up. So uh, you know. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, uh, Lecrae joins us, and we talk about the real news of the week. I can't seem to tell her. I she would stay. Times always leaving, let her go on her way. Times always leaving, never takes off a coat. Packing her bags, never leaving a note. Seems I'm always believing. Listening to the Lone Bellow, the song is "Times Always Leaving." It's from their new album, which is going to drop on September fifteenth. Very excited about that. I was with uh, Zach Williams, yeah. their lead singer, not mm-hmm. too long ago. He's one of the funniest humans. If you he can find hilarious. him, if you can find him on Instagram, it's not his name; it's some other name. He he's just he's really funny. His sense of humor is bizarre. It's great. 
Uh, Lone Bellow. There you go. This week's feature segment is brought to you by Tracker. Uh, so here's what is a, that? So I, I literally five to seven times a week can't find my wallet or my keys. And so over the years, I've invested in various will help you find your wallet and keys things like I'm not going to name other companies names, but they're available at Best Buy and others to various degrees of uh, effectiveness, uh, I should say. Tracker is one that I'm using now and I'm thrilled with it. Eight years ago, Tracker released their first tracking device and changed everything. And now they've done it again with the all new Tracker Pixel. Tracker Pixel is the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market. You Mm. simply place the Tracker Pixel on whatever you tend to lose, your keys, your wallet, your computer, your cat, whatever it is. Then when you misplace an item that has the Tracker Pixel attached to it, you can use your smartphone and a 90 decibel alert will help you find it in seconds. It even has a powerful LED light so you can find anything even in the dark. Uh, You can locate your item if it's miles away because every Tracker user is part of the largest crowd location network in the world. So it kind of like cross references other Tracker things. And so I literally have left a set of keys at a restaurant and the tracker map helped me find it because other tracker, there's like 800 people in the region and cross located and found it. I I've left my, my keys flew out on Thunder Mountain Railroad at Walt Disney World. I found it months later because I, when I came back to Disney tra- and I walked near the lost and found tracker alerted me to that. I have a thing over there and uh-huh. I went and got it and there it was from six months earlier. I'm telling you, Tracker works. I, I, I you know, this is a very intriguing uh, uh, product because yep. I, there's been numerous occasions where uh, <laughs> I've gotten a call that <laughs> several of my investments are running wild. You are loose, and children are scared. There's an, it got into a school. It, one of the alpacas got into a yeah. school, and, and you had I didn't know. Had I known, uh, things wouldn't have gone down like they did. Uh, so I'm going to invest in this too. I mean, I'm into investing, right? I got a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of alpacas that need to be tracked because they are wily and evil, there evil animals and I hate them. Uh, so I, uh, so I, I just pulled the one out of my wallet and showed Daddy. It's about the size of a quarter. Yeah. I just slip it into my wallet, but it comes with a little like uh, string hook thing that you can put on your keychain mm-hmm. or your like your dog's collar or something like that. Oh, yeah. And then it's just you in 10 seconds you can add it to the tracker app and then you know where your stuff is uh right now uh tracker is offering a special offer to relevant podcast listeners just go to tracker.com that's t-r-a-c-k-r.com enter promo code relevant to get 20 percent off any order that's tracker.com promo code relevant for 20 percent off t-r-a-c-k-r.com Go check it out. If you're mindlessly losing things all the time like me and need help, there you go, Tracker. Well, obviously, what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia this past weekend kind of has gotten the nation's attention yet again. Yeah. And um, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes here at Relevant. We... uh, we came in first thing Monday morning and our editorial team got together and, you know, put our heads together. How are we going to address this? We have to take a stand. We have to be bold with this and reached out. I mean, as we do when it, when it comes to like um, sensitive issues and we want to we want to have voices speak into what we're doing here. And so we reached out to a number of leaders to write for us this week and, and to uh, say the things that need to be said. And so we're welcoming to the podcast today. Uh, Lecrae is joining us for this segment. How you doing, man? All is well. Good. I mean, in light of everything going on, I'm alive. I'm <laughs> well, I'm alive. Yeah. yeah, some is well. 
<laughs> well, what I want to do is I want to, you know, we're recording this segment on Thursday, August 17th. So if things have happened since then, we don't know about them uh, when you hear this. Uh, what I want to do is recap just factually what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia this week. Um, uh, last weekend, if you uh, people know about the violence and stuff, and maybe you don't know the backstory of what was actually trying to take place. So a Unite the Right rally was planned for Saturday the 12th to protest the removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee. It was described as one of the largest white supremacist events in recent U.S. history. It was organized by Jason Kessler, who is a former journalist and a member of the Proud Boys, which is a, a white nationalist group. The day before this was scheduled, on Friday, marchers descended on the University of Virginia carrying torches and yelling slogans like White Lives Matter and Blood and Soil. Then protesters gathered again on Saturday and clashed with counter demonstrators. At around 11.30 a.m., a local state of emergency was declared on Saturday by the city of Charlottesville. And then at 1.42, a speeding car rammed into the anti-racist protesters, killing 32-year-old Heather Hare and injuring at least 19 others. The, the car fled the scene but was soon located and stopped by police. The guy who was driving the car was Alex uh, James Alex Fields Jr. from Ohio. He's been charged with second-degree murder and other counts uh, that are still uh, pending. Uh, also, a police helicopter crashed while en route to the rally on Saturday, killing two state troopers. Um, obviously... Saturday was a crazy day on social media, Sunday, and everything that's happened since then. I just wanted to open up the conversation with uh, Prop and Lecrae and just ask you guys, take me through your weekend. Uh, take me through what, what was going on with you as you saw the events unfolding. Well, one thing I want to, um, there's a minor detail that um, I think you missed. You said that they were carrying torches. They were not carrying torches. They were carrying Tiki torches. Tiki torches. Remember that. Right. Never forget. Remember that they raided a Walmart to show their racism. Yeah. That they hate mosquitoes just as much as they hate black people. That's right. That's right. That's a. That's really a bold statement. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll start. I'll, I'll just say. Um, I think um, when I initially saw what was taking place. My biggest feeling was fear for the students on that campus, yeah. um, not understanding the level of volatility that was going to happen. So that was my like level of concern. I guess I went into dad mode, like how do I protect uh, innocent lives from something that could potentially uh, get out of hand? What um, I saw your tweet that night. I retweeted it though, or on Saturday. You you actually asked if there any if there were any UVA students who needed help relocating because they don't like to another school because they don't feel safe did people hit you up about that they absolutely did and we're in process uh, to this day yeah. uh, helping students transfer um, Wow. Can, I, can I ask you a question? I, and I've just decided going into this conversation that I'm going to reveal all my ignorance because I just I, I think it's probably just helpful. So when I saw the protesters, I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Who would ever do this? Yeah. Were you surprised? No. Huh. Uh, let me jump in here because I think that um, there's well, there's a there's a there's a jarring effect that like what. I feel like what, what white supremacists have learned to do is really sort of like, um, in, in some ways kind of like clean up their reputation and, uh, sort of put a little more slick talking sort of approachable, you know, Macklemore haircut kind of guys like, you know, in the front. And I mean, you can, 
you, I mean, and you can only suspend reality for so long to where it's like, okay, this person's speaking logically, but then you know that there's like this monster behind them. And at some point, like this is at some point we're going to get here. Um, mm. Cause of uh, something that me and Alma unpack on the, on the, on this next uh, red couch episode is this sort of lost cause uh, narrative. Like if you're drawing identity from this concept of like, you know, Hey, you know, this, uh, uh, like, manifesting destiny and like in this idea of this American ideal that like we built this country by the sweat of our brow and for our sort of freedom and autonomy and you know and it and it's this idea of small government and, the, and way up in the north they can't tell us who we are and the image and symbol of this like sort of uh frontier rugged like fight for truth and defend tyranny icon for them is this is this man is this robert e lee right so it's like i'm drawing identity from this right so so if you see power and identity as like sort of a zero-sum game where it's like equality means you're taking power from me right Mm -hmm. not only are you taking power now you're taking identity from me like this is all we got you know what i'm saying so if that's your attitude about it then you're gonna like defend your monuments because this is this is all we have um so to me it's like i feel like at some point we were going to get here you know um because of like in at, at the end of the day it's because of it's because of a deficit model of identity a, a a bad storytelling where it's like what with african americans we had to think of the we had to understand that our narrative doesn't start with slavery, but right. to be able to reach further back. Um, and I feel like with this group, like they have to understand that your narrative doesn't start with this sort of American revolution. Like you have a, you have a greater narrative. So you can let this, like you can let this go because it's not really who you are. Hmm. One of the things that I thought was kind of most shocking and well, there, everything was shocking and disturbing about it, but you know, the, these individuals who were marching, you know, these people that were in the KKK, they weren't even wearing hoods. They didn't even have the shame or fear to hide their face anymore. Do you guys see this as a moment that can be a, a wake up call maybe to a lot of people, even in people in the church who at this point may not have known the level of racism that still exists in this country. Yeah. I mean, I think people don't want to know, you know what I mean? It's very obvious for a person of color. Mm. Um, These are things that we have to think to on a daily basis. So when we talk about issues such as white privilege, um, a lot of times people think we're talking about, you know, how much money you have or, your job is better than mine, or I worked hard. Of course you did, but, but there's areas where you have the privilege of not having to think about who's racist and who's not. You know, you have the privilege of not having to consider why you were being turned down for a job opportunity or, um, you know, why, I, like, that puts me in, in, in crazy fear for the people of Charlottesville, you know, who were not thinking about that from the onset, right? Like, that might be a dentist out there with the, with the tiki torch and you didn't even realize it. Like, how does that make you feel now? Do you know what I'm saying? Like that may be the person in your congregation. That may be a deacon, you know, and you didn't have a clue. And so, you know, that's just a very scary place. Um, where I think lines have got to be drawn very clear, especially like within the church about where we stand on these particular things, because 
I don't, I want, I want a white nationalist to feel uncomfortable in my church. That's I want right. them to feel like, oh, this is not a place where I can express white supremacy yeah. freely, you know, uh, where I know it's, it's looked upon as sin and not looked upon as, you know, just my little, yeah, we just disagree. It's our, it's a political difference. What would, yeah. what would you guys like to have seen the church's response be? I think the thing that shocked me after the initial shock of that, this is our country in 2017. And I didn't realize that. I mean, I was shocked by the emboldenment of the hate, you know what I mean? Like it, like Jesse was yeah. just saying, I, I, that took me off guard, but then I was waiting for the church leaders to step up and be the moral compass. And I, I just didn't see it happen. And I can't fathom. I can't wrap my head around why the church leader, why the church was so silent this week. You know? Yeah, I think that there was there's a there was a few there was a, I don't want to take away from the voices like Ray Ortland and uh, Tim Keller who definitely step into those spaces and was like this is outlandish yeah. um, as far as like those that I would consider like with within the umbrella like the safe umbrella you know the people like the science mics and like gungers who like the church don't take serious no more anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> you know of course they was gonna say something right, right. um but uh what what i would have hoped to have seen is a realization of like where they're sort of complicit in the dog whistling of that mm. like to see that like hey some of these policies that we stood for some of these things we've been saying and allowing to come out of our mouths we may have meant one thing but you didn't know what you were signaling you know what i'm saying and i'm hoping that like now you see look you were signaling this and then just kind of like step into that space and be like i mean clay aiken for crown out loud was like hey i actually i stood for these things and then i realized oh crap i was wrong like yeah. i'm so sorry i, I did that. not mean to signal this yeah. you know so like i would have loved to have seen sort of like white evangelicalism to be like yo, this, this was on our watch, like our bad. That's not what we meant. You know what I mean? Like, so it's in the same way and actually in a deeper way, like, you know, I, I have no problem like disavowing, although I understand it, I have no problem disavowing like criminal activity in the hood. Like I understand it. I understand how we got there, but like, no, they're, it's still wrong. Like, I don't know. I don't, like, that's not, that's not a hard discussion. Like, I literally feel like this was for church and our government. Like this was, this was a layup. This was literally the easiest thing you could have came out against. Right. Like this, this was a no brainer, you know? I think unfortunately it's too late though. It, to some degree though, it's too late because it was a layup for us with Trayvon. It was a layup with Mike Brown. It was a layup with Philando Castile, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, you know, it was a layup for the church to say something oh, since 2014. Mm. And so this is what, 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 unfortunately, like, as far as people of color, you know, Christian evangelical people of color, they've already decided we have no advocates mm -hmm. and allies here. Yeah. So we've moved on, you know, they, they, they moved on a long time ago. And so this is just more like us sitting back saying, well, there's an old African-American proverb and it goes, we tried to tell y'all. Yeah. And so that's what I think people are experiencing right now um, what, in the church. What do we do? Yeah. What do we do then? I mean, like, I don't want the church to look like this, but you're completely right, Lecrae. I mean, the church has had time. I mean, 30 national tragedies, if not more in the, yeah. in the year since 2014, since Trayvon. And it's like, 
why and every time it's like why is this still happening and i and i don't understand where do we go from here i mean is it really a thing like it almost i almost heard defeat in your voice when you were just talking like is it really a thing if we just got to throw our hands up and like oh well it'll never get better i mean i can't well, accept that right no I, I, here's what i here's what i i can only speak for myself and some of my friends i think our resolve is we know we cannot as people of color we cannot tear down the infrastructures of uh systemic oppression racism national white nationalism that like we can't, we we're, we make up a very small portion of the population. We we have, you know, very to little control as far as this nation is concerned. So that infrastructure being torn down is is, is going to have to happen from white allies. Um, and, and so all we can do is liberate and be an example for people of color, uh, for the marginalized in society. That's all we can do. Yeah. And that's what I've attended, attended my focus toward is how can I educate and liberate people who feel the weight of the oppression right. versus screaming at the top of my lungs, stop encouraging this, stop supporting yeah. this, finally stop. You know, it's just like, hey, guys, if you guys want to tear this down, please do. I mm. encourage you to, but I can't spend all my energy screaming, please tear down these and stop supporting yeah. these uh, systems of oppression. So we, we as a white Christians, as, as you know, the people listening to this podcast, I mean, one of the things we can do from hearing you right is holding our leaders accountable, that this is unacceptable. Your silence is unacceptable, that these institutions are unacceptable, that these systems are unacceptable. And like, yeah. and like, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil sort of a thing. We cannot let this persist. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't like, okay, here's one for me is like, what you can't do is look at this group of people and be like, okay, these are just a small group of nut jobs that right. exist in the Ozarks. That's, that's what white people say. That's yeah. what white people you say. It's like, well, that's not them. me. Like, that's not us. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you can't dismiss them. Like, okay. take ownership. Like, no, that's mm-hmm. that's like like Lecrae said. That's your dentist. That's your Sunday school teacher. Like, no, they are us. Yeah. You know, yeah. so own it. You know what I mean? And like, because when you dismiss them as like other, then it's just then it continues. You know what I'm saying? Because then yeah. they go and check. Nah, they're just idiots. No, they're you. Yeah. You know. Well, I hate that. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, I to to the point to extend that. It's not just the people like around me, but it is also like, I have to look at my, I feel like I have been forced to really reconcile my own racist beliefs. Like it's not outward. Mm-hmm. I'm not, there's nothing I would say like, Oh, I feel this, but what, you know, I, I have to look at in what way have I contributed to the problem that's happening because mm-hmm. extremists are a small piece of it, but this was not this, this, what is happening right now was not, was not moved along by just a small group of extremists. It's it's almost like I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, if I attend an all white church, I'm contributing to the problem. Right. How do I feel about the war on drugs? How do I feel? Right. Am I educated about the actual issues of the reality of people who live a different reality than me? You know, it's like, it's my, my my own participation in the ignorance, the blindness where it's like, no, no, those crazy people, that's not me. But by looking the other way, I'm allowing them to exist and get older, you know? Exactly. I'll tell you a very tangible example um, that I'm having to deal with currently is, um, you know, I'm very involved in a school in the in um, in the inner city of Atlanta, and you know we want to make the the whole area in that around the school better, and to make that area better, um, it takes us, you know, 
getting rid of some of these abandoned houses that are used for drug trafficking. The problem with getting rid of these abandoned houses that are used for drug trafficking is that they're owned um, by white investors who don't want to sell them because they're waiting for the land to turn over and be gentrified. And yeah. so you have a, a people group that are feeling the oppression of kids who want a better education, but have to step over needles and have to deal with, mm. you know, the, the, the violence and the, the issues of drug, of the drug trade, because we can't buy these houses, which we're ready to buy. We can't buy these houses and turn them into barbershops and turn them into places where, you know, healthy families can, can move in. We have to just sit, uh, and wait for these, you know, wealthy uh, white uh, landowners to say, yeah, we'll, we'll consider it, but they don't want to sell them. They mm -hmm. want to wait until the area is gentrified and um, and the the people in the community are pushed out yes. somewhere else. And that, that's part of the issue that you know on a on a on a, on a different level. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's what we mean by systemic. Mm -hmm. Like that's a system yeah. problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's when you move from like a good example, just even in American history, is moving from slavery to sharecropping. Like that's a picture of sharecropping. That mm -hmm. like you, you this this illusion of meritocracy and um, and this autonomy. But like 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 Lecrae said, like you, we, they have the financial. Um, abilities and resources to actually do this and what he's what he's describing is what the latinos call gentefication which is mm. like can't they just my people mm. to where it's like the the locals invest in the betterment of their city so like yeah we're not looking for a coffee shop we're looking for a barbershop you know what i'm saying yeah. that we're not looking for a whole foods we're looking for a local you know you know what i'm saying so like uh, it, it but if if the massa quote unquote in this in this you know illustration here mm -hmm. still owns the resources mm -hmm. you're really not free it's just sharecropping you know so when mm -hmm. someone says again well you just need to work harder i'm like well look out the window at the gardener out there yeah. you telling me that man's not working hard you tell me that man that man just worked an 18 hour day right he's not working yeah, hard right. you know right. so like that's so so when you when you let and, and again i feel like that goes back to even why they would march is like you're not you have to let go of your creation myths like the myths that shape your identity that makes you believe in things like bootstrapping or in the things of like the the holiness of our founders you know what i'm saying like they shape your identity and so when you when you so then so then when i come in here or when lecrae comes in here and tells you it's like no we worked hard we want to change this community and they won't let me mm. that grates against your identity because mm. you're like well no 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 no. if you have the money you should be able to do it and we're like no, you don't understand. We can't. You know. Let, let me right. ask what. Let me yeah. ask one thing about. Oh, You're sorry. Go ahead, look right. No, no. I was. I was just jumping in a, a whole different segue as far as the the the, the Confederacy and yeah. and and all yeah. of that identity piece that Prop was was talking about. It, yeah. It's really kind of ludicrous. You know, in end of the day, it's like I that whole the identity piece and finding your your worth and value in this historical you know, fabrication, it really doesn't make any sense to, you know, encourage or say, Hey man, you know, you guys deserve the right to protest against these things coming down, uh, from, you know, national leaders because it's the antithesis of America, right? right? America mm -hmm. that stands today defeated right. this Confederate army that was trying enemies to enemies of the state right. yes. from the nation. So right. what, what, why are we, what, 
Like we would never think of constructing yeah. uh, uh, Soviet Union monuments or keeping North Korean monuments uh, in America. It would be unanimous. Take that down. And yet, this is you know something that we're saying. Well, you know, they should be able to. Well, in Germany, there's not one statue to Hitler. In Germany, yeah. there are memorials to the victims. So the yes, people who are exactly. saying, no, this part of our history, we want to, we don't want to whitewash our history or whatever. That's not what's happening. We are, you know, you don't honor the enemy of the state. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you're not, yeah. you're not erasing history by taking those monuments down, but it is, I mean, as a white person, I'm bothered by them, but I mean, I can't imagine as a black man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing a, the, a statue honoring a person who enslaved your well, people. I mean, well, and what about like the Washington Monument and every other, you know, slave owner who unapologetically founded our country right. and and thought right. somehow they were able to make sense of the idea of owning another person. It's yeah. just like there's a deeply foundational yeah. problem with yeah. what we have been become very comfortable with. But right. this is a layer. I'm glad we're getting rid of confederacy, Would, but there's a whole whole lot to this. Yeah, so there's 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 like there's there's museums and art exhibits for remembering, for understanding our past and, and knowing where we came from. And then there's monuments, and monuments are for honor, yeah. right? Um, to restore honor and to find a sense of self and meaning, right? So the idea of a Confederate monument should be an oxymoron. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, like right. it's not. You know, but a, a, yeah. a, a Confederate museum, you know, a, a, a place where we can remember just like when y- right. you were with me, Cameron, in, in Montana, when we went to like the Sitting Bull, oh. uh, general, you know, the Little Bighorn, like the, you know, the, the Custer thing to where it's like, OK, like, let's remember what we did to our natives. Yeah, right. But let's yeah. honor Sitting Bull. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. let's yeah. go. Look, you know, yeah. Anyway. Right. Well, guys, I, 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 uh, I, uh. I thank you both for your leadership in this. Both of your voices are needed. Um, Both of you, I want you to know you have full access to the relevant platform anytime, any way we want. We want to change things. And I think that this generation can, I think one of the most disheartening things in, in the images coming out of Charlottesville to me as a middle-aged white man was that I have hope for the future always. I'm an optimist and seeing that it was the 20 year olds and the, ne- and the younger people that are filled with such hate. I thought we were, I thought we were turning the corner and maybe getting past this. And I think that, you know, the realization that we haven't is sobering to me and it makes me more emboldened to, to fight this and, and stand for what's right. And I thank you both for your leadership. Thanks for coming on the show today. Um, thank you for everything you're doing, honestly. And um, I, I just, I'm hoping for a better tomorrow, you know, so. Appreciate y'all, man. All right. We appreciate y'all. Thanks for being ally. All right. Thanks, Lecrae. Thanks. Bye, Greg. All right. Yeah. Well, that was Lecrae and uh, propaganda and a conversation that doesn't end there. Keep it going. Would have been nice for Lecrae to listen to my demo, though. I feel like you still... <laughs> this was the moment, but all right. Maybe you can get King's Kaleidoscope to listen to it. They're coming up next. Stay right, tuned. Right. I've got two hearts and no brain and no brain and no brain. They seem to forget my name. What's my name? What's my name? 
You're listening to, I'm not kidding, Kane Strang. The song is Two Hearts and No Brain. So if, if Kane, oh Cameron, and Chandler Strang were all in a room, the song Two Hearts and No Brain would be apropos. It's going to be Ch- Chandler's wow. wedding theme. I'm not saying who's who. King's Kaleidoscope is an experimental worship outfit who blends <laughs> indie rock with contemporary praise-style music and traditional hymns. Their brand-new mixtape, The Beauty Between, features guest appearances and collaborations with artists like Derek Minor, Andy Minio, Beautiful Eulogy, and Propaganda. I know him. <laughs> hey. We recently <laughs> talked with the band about why they wanted to collaborate with uh, hip-hop artists on their new project and had them walk us through some of the standout tracks from The Beauty Between. Here is... King's Kaleidoscope. This mixtape has a lot of uh, interesting collaborations for you guys. So you, you've brought in uh, some some various hip hop artists um, for the new mixtape. Tell me a little bit about what what the vision was for that. Yeah, so I was kind of working on some other production stuff this year for some hip hop projects, and sort of kept you know I'd make write these songs and get these songs started, and if the artists. Uh, you know, if they didn't fit the project, then I kind of just had them left in my back pocket. And I really wanted to do something with all of them because uh, they still felt, you know, pretty King's Kaleidoscope influenced and whatnot. So, you know, through meeting all these other hip hop artists this year, I just decided, well, what if as a band we put out a mixtape and use some of these ideas uh, just doing our own project with them? So, obviously, you know, it's it was a huge it ended up being a huge collaboration thing with some other producers and just a lot of the new friends I got to meet this year basically I was wondering if you could kind of give me um, kind of a walkthrough of a couple of these tracks maybe starting with the beauty between the the title track with Andy Minio maybe tell me a little bit about how that particular song came together uh, you know the writing process and what it was like working with Andy yeah so I had been working with Andy since last July, so over a year ago, just on and off, we did some sessions for his next full-length record, and it was kind of a, the producer team, if you will, was kind of me and this other producer, Daniel Steele, and Daniel and I just hit it off like really well. I love working with him. We had really good chemistry, and you know, we made a bunch of beats for Andy, and then the ones that weren't going to fit Andy's project, some of those ended up on this this mixtape here but Daniel I brought him up to Seattle from Portland just to help me when I was probably probably about like halfway 70% through the mixtape I just wanted his help with drums he's a crazy drummer and drum designer he just has you know loads of beats that he's made over the years and he played me that the beat for the beauty between and I freaked out hearing that bass intro where then the drum still flips you don't really know where the one is. And then it comes in, it's super funky. It just made me feel amazing. And then when the sort of this time stretched keyboard sample thing comes in on the chorus, um, I just thought that was the coolest chord progression I'd ever heard in my life. So I told him, I need this. I'm taking this from you. It's going to go on our mixtape. It's mine now, you know? And uh, it just took a while. I mean, probably a month or so for me to figure out what the song was. And I remember being downstairs and I had been kicking on all these ideas specifically around 
you know, how do you, humans, just by fallen nature, we swing so hard to the right or to the left. We're so opinionated and swinging to, out to those extremes. It, it's like it, it gives us a false sense of safety. Like the mystery in the middle is where we feel really uncomfortable, but that's also where we actually have to trust God more. It's sort of more where I feel like God operates when we don't feel like we can have all the answers. And I just came up with the, uh, the beauty between was that phrase that just clicked one night when I was sitting downstairs trying to write lyrics and I kind of freaked out. That's going to be the title of the record. <laughs> you know, that's the theme. And then, you know, the song ended up getting written with a friend of mine, Zach Bolin, who is the, uh, the lead frontman for Citizens and Saints. We work on a lots of lyrics together. I think we did almost all of them together for this record. And then I wanted to bring in Andy on it because I wanted to have Andy on one of the songs. We've been working together all year and that one felt like it fit his personality the best. And tracking him down was really hard. Obviously he's a you know busy guy and has a lot going on. And he sent me, I think probably three different versions of his rap. And the, I think the final one he sent was from like Amsterdam or something when he was on tour. And you could just hear how tired he was. <laughs> he sounded like he had, hadn't slept in a week and I had to have him redo it when he got back to New York. Um, but that's kind of how that song ended up coming about. And then it just felt so new and so different and so exciting. If it all fell apart, would I trust in God? And if it's all good, would I need him at all? That's when I found that beauty in between. If you know that you don't know that much, you know just what I mean. When the sky is falling, when life is a dream, I fortunately fall into the beauty between. Only God above me paints in my scene. One of the other big name rappers that you have is is uh, Propaganda on Playing With Fire. Tell me a little bit about that song and what your kind of pitch was to Prop to be on that one. You know, I had, you know, I'm friends with Prop and all the guys at Humble Beast. And so we know each other and, you know, love each other's music. And so that is an ex- another example. Of, that's, a, that's an example of a beat that I started in Philly for Andy Minio. And it was just too, it wasn't the right vibe you know for what he was going for but i really wanted to use it it was super hard it felt like some kind of like jay-z east coast thing with the swing of it and everything and so i had the beat way long before i could figure out what the song was going to be about and then eventually i started writing that that chorus came out which really is about kind of apathy for suffering like just being comfortable you know in the chorus i say if what it takes is all of me i'm still not who i'm meant to be i'm holding back i just relax indulging insecurities and you know living alive playing with fire and uh prop just seemed like the right guy he has like the fieryness. he you know cares a lot about uh social justice and it just seemed like the right the right guy for it what it takes is all of me I'm still not who I'm meant to be When I react, I just retract Avoiding all the gravity Living a lie 
this point it's obvious close your browser and young war zone lose in fallujah i hope you find shelter for them goons come bruja and when the homies gain thrones boy it ain't no game bro i shouldn't know how a body goes limp when it hangs bro one of the other uh, sticks and stones is kind of that. That's like the the other single, right? Like you guys released that one um, here ahead of the album. Tell me, um, tell me about the the kind of theme of that song, and um, you know, obviously th- that that's one that is is you know doesn't have like a featured guest, but still has a cool right. feel. You know, at home on like a mixtape. Tell me how that song came together. Yeah. Um... So that song, you know, we, we all started, I was a worship director for like seven years. So we all started as a worship band. And then after that have since moved into just, I'm kind of learning what it means to just be an artist uh, full time and just do that. But that song sort of comes out of this unhealthy church environment that we were all a part of. So, you know, that song's outlining uh, unhealthy organized religion basically and it's pretty interesting for me because uh, my friend Nadia who sings on that song like all of us have come out of that church we were a part of with different levels of like disenchantment with church and for her I think that's been a super hard thing and so we don't see eye to eye on a lot of that a lot of stuff but it was really cool because we both totally were like oh we can write a song about this and so she hasn't really been playing with Kings very much just because it's still so faith and gospel based. But it was really awesome that she got to be part of this song. And it was something where we were both like, oh, we could write this song about the same thing. Even though we have, we believe different things now, we can still write a song about this together. Paint the beauty we split. King's Kaleidoscope, make sure to check out their new mixtape, The Beauty Between. It's out today. You're listening to Jack River. The song is Fool's Gold. Well, it's time for your feedback. So last week on the podcast, we got talking about uh, TV shows that are switching things up, even though they didn't need to. Uh, the, the Kevin uh, James show on CBS, the number one new comedy, is killing off the wife to bring back or bring Leah Rimini into the role because they just want to relive the King of Queens, basically. Got us talking about other shows that made unnecessary changes. Um, and we want to know from you. So the question of the week, what perfectly good show would you radically change for no good reason? And how would you do it? Uh, you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. Zach Lloyd said, <clears throat> to add some levity, 
he would add Tobias from Arrested of... So to the actual character, not just David Cross, the actual t- character of Tobias Funquay uh, of Arrested Development to be a person of interest in a special Law & Order SVU episode. Uh, <laughs> I, would t- I would absolutely watch that because be there's something sinister about Tobias the whole time. Well, there, that's not really changing the show fundamentally. If, if Tobias no. became one of the detectives that was multiple episodes, <laughs> that would change the show fundamentally. I would watch any show centered on Tobias Junque, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Eric, Eric Odom said, <laughs> this one's dark. For Full House, Danny Tanner's wife is back from the dead. <laughs> Joey and Jesse are out, and it's a new sitcom about his man, man and his zombie wife raising three daughters. Oh, my goodness. What? Oh, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you kind of weird. You kinda, again, again, I would watch that. <laughs> okay, Drew Hunt says Lawrence Fishburne's character in Blackish over the period of two seasons or so yeah. should gradually uh, descend into the character of Morpheus from the Matrix movies, which <laughs> yes. he also played. <laughs> the older he gets, the crazier he gets, and starts with just a random line or two, like which shirt should I wear, the red or the blue. By the end, he is in the full leather duster with the black shades, with no arms on the side, looking for the one in the context of the sitcom Blackish. I think adding Morpheus to the mix of that show would be a spectacular and ridiculous switch. Again, switch again. I would totally watch that, dude. I was watching Blackish this week. The re, it's obviously in reruns right now, and uh, it's moving to Tuesdays this fall on ABC. By the way, uh, I think that's a good thing. right? Yeah, it's yeah. like kind of getting yeah. higher profile. Uh, the episode that aired last week was the episode about the daughter choosing that she doesn't believe in God. Yeah, and I'm telling you. The way it culminated and it sent um, the family kind of on a journey of faith and sincerity and belief in Christ and what does it mean to be a real Christian and how are they going to raise their kids and all that stuff. It was one of the most sincere and honest Christian moments I've ever seen on mainstream television. It was, I don't get how this show, every episode, whether it's a hard hitting social issue, a faith issue, whatever, they nail it. It's a fun show to watch. It's enjoyable. It's funny. It's smart. But then there is such a sincerity and an honesty to it that I'm telling you, it is one of the best shows, if not the best sitcom on television. It's just straight up one of the best shows on TV. It's brilliant. I love that show. You know what else I love? The Matrix Trilogy. (laughs) The Matrix Trilogy. Speaking of Christian allegory. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I think what you're doing is you're blending two great things and making something even better. You know? Like like a suburban backyard and a a 45-acre alpaca ranch. You're just cramming them together, (laughs) making something magnificent, making a pretty good investment, Chandler. So don't ask me for the money back because it's gone. It's gone. You're not getting it. You'll see a return one day. In In the form of crates of alpaca milk delivered directly to your home. Just kidding. Don't drink. It'll make you violently ill. I've made the mistake. Uh, Brian Henninger, a couple good ideas. My favorite one, though, was add a laugh track to the Bachelor or Bachelorette shows. And then he went on to say it's a joke. Speaking of sincere Christian moments, man, Bachelor in Paradise, just really hard hitting, <laughs> yeah. like moving this See, week. There's the last track right there. Just, uh, <laughs> good Lord. I... I suffered through a little bit of that this week. Yeah, wait, okay, Cameron, wait, you, you always here's the thing, man. You, you, you mention these shows a lot, yeah. and you always say that you, you is like like this reluctance. Yeah. Like you had someone over and was like, "Hey, man, we really got to watch the Bachelor," or like you had a homework assignment. Yeah. 
Do you, deep down, do you do you enjoy these? No, no, here's the deal. I like bad reality television marathons. I like Bravo. I like HGTV. I, I don't care. I'm, I like mindless stuff because I usually have my laptop out in the evenings and it's just on in the background. Last year, a, a friend of mine, a good friend of all of ours, Andy Barron, yeah. uh, he, he, he excitedly and I think non-ironically tweets about The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Like he loves it. I yeah. had never seen the shows. I decided last year, I want to see what the, what the hype is about. And I watched, I think, The Bachelor last year. It was the most painful, like horrible, like it's just everything about it was just terrible. I couldn't stand it. Last night, I happened to see a few minutes of Bachelor in Paradise. That's all I was referencing. I didn't actually watch it, but it had made the news and I was surprised it was back yeah. on the air yeah. because yeah. it got yeah. production got shut down for very serious issues and I was like, yeah. I can't believe this is back on. So I just wanted yeah. to see how they were going to handle it. I, I will just say but, to Jesse's point, you do seem to watch all of the shows that you absolutely do not like. There is something about it's, your it's psychology. It's almost like you have like, like this, like this. You're right. like a glutton for, yeah. for TV yeah. punishment. Well, here's the deal. Late at night, some Friday, a Friday night, right. one in the morning, a lot of people are out doing bad things. My bad thing, my guilty pleasures, I watch Christian television. It's the weirdest thing. I it won't is watch. terrible. It, it is painful. What's on at that time? Oh, the same old prosperity preachers and stuff, okay. but I watch them. Like, yeah. I don't it, know why. And I watch I? these bad reality shows for the same reason. I don't know why. It's just, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name the, the. I'm not gonna name the Christian TV show host. It's not. I mean, people can figure it out if they want. But there's one who. It's it's some preaching, some prosperity. It's mostly selling like vats of strange food that can be eaten. Like Armageddon the apocalypse food. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Armageddon food. Yeah. Jim Baker, man. Or He's proud That's of what it. I'm saying. Like I've watched Jim Baker for hours and yeah. hours and it's people it's people sampling the the vat because they don't make normal per- portions all it makes is vat size 95 percent of right. the show is not ministry it's, it's like it's hawking like his like go out and build a bunker and here's your food it's like qvc but it's this crazy i mean it's this crazy format though because did you see so the john wild. oliver takedown of infowars yeah it's like the same yeah He's just kind of a spousing you pedal some, like apocalyptic, uh, right. prophetic yeah. scare tactics, right. and then said, "When yeah. the when the apocalypse happens, you, buy my right. yeah, food." Prepared. You scare people yeah. and then sell them the solution. I can, I'm telling you, I watch this yeah. stuff like it's a car wreck on the side of the road, and I'm just mesmerized by it. And I don't want to take a second hand and hear it through somebody else's filter. I watch it myself, but I'm, yeah. I think I'm the same way with the bad reality TV. I think I'm yeah. watching it anthropologically. Yeah, I think. Yeah. But I will say this though: I, a lot of a lot of like culture writers and people that I follow pretty closely uh, that that are astute and that I respect a lot yeah. are also big fans of the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise. Like a couple of the writers from Slate that I really like follow it and also like the Ringer does like <laughs> they do recaps and they have like yeah. Bachelorette fantasy leagues and stuff. Yeah. And but, like they're watching yeah. non-ironically. So <laughs> I do think you're, you're on to something with like it's, the, it's mesmerizing man. It's like a car wreck on the side of the road. You really can't look away once you've started it. I mean no, it's like, I get it. It's good junk food. It's really like McDonald's is excellent. You know it's killing you, but also you're like, that is very delicious. Some fries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tonight I just I had a I had a I had a, a hard day. I just need some television fries tonight. That's right. You know I mean, what I mean? You know, one of the wrong with brainless television. My PhD freaking doctor wife does the same thing. Like I'll come home and I'm like, huh. are you? You're the smartest human I know. Like for real, this is what you watching right now? She's like. Yes. I just got to be honest with you. I, I don't mean to justify it. I just need to turn my brain off at night. Oh, yeah. And when I'm watching like Bravo marathons, I, my brain is off. Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> and it's like yeah. such a different reality that I'm like, I don't want to think at night. I think I all day. It. 
you know yeah. and so it's yeah. like she gets pissed because i'm like yo let's watch this documentary and she's like nope nope yeah, <laughs> i'm the same way man dude i'm the same way i'll be i'll be sitting there on my couch and those alpacas will not shut up like, i'm not getting a wink of sleep i gotta turn the tv up so loud to drown them out my neighbors are ticked off the phone's ringing off what, the what noise do they make I, I, I turn on bravo as loud as i can and i just yell out the window you shut up alpacas you cost me everything so i'm with you guys man i you know i think we've suffering the same kind of same yeah. deal here Chandler the money's gone by the way. That's all. every dime every dime Chandler is gone, the money's gone. Yeah. we've done the gamut of emotions this show haven't we oh, we really man. have been all over the map we needed it, after that conversation to, earlier we needed to end it with Al- yes. Jesse yelling at his alpacas yeah so, you cost me everything in my life you stupid alpacas <laughs> my wife is gone I'll never forgive you alpacas the slow degradation of how he feels about these alpacas like it's started off with such joy and, and within the podcast it's gone down to where you real actually talk feels. guys i've tried just to free the entire herd like i left the gate open i wanted them just to wander away and never come back and they won't leave your, well, like, your pixel trackers are just, it's just vibrating like crazy your phone's going vibrating yeah. folks keep returning them because they're on pixel with you they're very they're very needy animals very needy in a lot of ways, emotionally, whole thing. That'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Oh, I mean, clearly the question of the week this week has to be other ideas for creative investments of things that will generate commerce without using <laughs> currency. <laughs> right. Um, it, uh, yeah, it would provide bartering, things for a yeah. bartering Post-apocalyptic society. bartering world. Yes, when we is. enter our, our inevitable post-apocalyptic bartering society, what things should you be investing in now so you'll be ready? What is strange about yeah. this podcast is I would bet you <laughs> that over 10 years or 11 years <laughs> or 12 years, this <laughs> question has been asked. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I, 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 it's possible. It I feels like we've danced it, around it long enough. Sure. That it's time. I don't think the stakes have been this high, though. The stakes <laughs> yeah. are this high. Yeah. We might go into a nuclear holiday cost within a week yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. the, the country's gonna split into another civil war again oh. right so i'm like and and the, and the country ain't splitting nice and neatly like i've thought about this before the civil war like that time you know the it split kind of neat, just right down to Mason. Like if you Dixon. could just it head just made north enough, so easy. Yeah, if you could just head north yeah. enough, you were gonna be okay. Yeah, you're fine. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like it's all splatter plotted. You feel right. me? Like yeah. I don't. What, so, so I actually do need you to think of other forms of currency. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this: as much as I've thought about this question this too, like when I'm watching like the G- Jim Baker show, and it's and and he's talking about like this. Like future apocalypse, which is probably going to blood. It's the world's going to get blood mooned after this, uh, you know, eclipse. eclipse yeah. And 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 yeah. if my options are to live in a dystopian bunker with nothing but vats of Jim Baker's soup, or to be beheaded by the Antichrist, like in Thief in the Night. Yeah. I think I'm just going to take the beheading. Yeah, like, what, kind of, what kind of existence is that to yeah. live in, in a bunker with just a barrel full of soup? But those That's who it. choose to remain, Jesse, the <laughs> one who has the most Jim Baker meals is the one with the most power. <laughs> He's so king. If, That's if right. You could be socking that the currency. Yeah, yep. if you could be socking that stuff away now, you could rule your region. I just, I'm just sit there stirring his vat of vitamin soup with a bodor, looking down on the minions who are coming for one 
sip. I like the idea, Cameron. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's a- you know, I'm going to convert my savings from alpacas into the fats of this soup. <laughs> I'll tell you this. They're, they, Dude. At, least they, at least that'll keep quiet at night and not and shut up back there. You watch 30 minutes of his show, you pretty much have that same idea. You're like, I yeah, really need to sock this stuff away for me and my neighborhood. I mean, my family. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's just good sense yeah. to, to send him a couple thousand for yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You can hit us up on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com uh, or you can tweet at us your ideas of investments you should be making now to prepare for the post-apocalyptic barter society. Whew. Wow. This was a wow. show. There's nothing that we didn't cover right. in this show. We literally <laughs> just, it's all done. That is very true. B- Bitcoin, right? we've talked about the space program. Right. We talked, yeah. Voided I mean, up New Jerseyans. The homeless, yeah. the homeless crisis around homeless the country. Play. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, the, Lo- the Lone Bellow has an album coming out on September fifteenth. Uh, yeah. yeah. And propaganda yeah. story with Kings Kaleidoscope by tickets. Queen and Kings Kaleidoscope has yeah. a new mixtape out today. And Chandler, yes. I think, has a new sweatshirt on. And uh, a different one, yeah. It's and nice hopefully, about hopefully Chandler will post the entire episode this week. What do you think? It's hard to bounce the whole thing. <laughs> You'll get it, yeah. Chandler. You just let him have it one day, man. Just just <laughs> let it day, rip. One day, dude. <laughs> I'd love for you. You can listen. To full episodes of the new activist available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chandler, you have the oh. worst job on earth. <laughs> yeah, I literally sent you. <laughs> I was just about to say after this was over, hey man, I sent you the next edit for the next uh, red couch. So, <laughs> or Chandler, uh, can you get on that today? Chandler has one of those jobs where if it goes perfectly, we yeah. never say nope. anything. Yep. If it yep. goes but even three rem- out of four times a month, where something's wrong with the file, <laughs> that's that's brother <laughs> yeah. talk right there. Yeah. You it's guys, like you know, I'll talk to Chandler. If everything's going smoothly, uh, you know. It's, it's all gravy and one alpaca gets out and attacks a person the city won't get off your back about it yeah one virus breaks out and you got a big alpaca mess in the backyard the city won't let you hear the end of it I hear you Chandler it is people don't get us <laughs> hey many thanks to this episode sponsors for making the show possible remember uh our X bars when literally making the show possible. Literally, yeah. Because our, if our tummies aren't full, we get cranky. That's true. And when we uh, get cranky, people online respond. That's right. Uh, you can go over to rxbar.com slash relevant and enter promo code relevant to get 25% off your first order of RX bars. Go do it. You'll like it. I promise. They're really good. Yeah. And uh, remember, you can go to tracker.com, T R A C K R.com and enter promo code relevant to get 20% off any order of tracker stuff. It's well, if you're like me, it's very helpful. Uh, thanks to our guests for joining us. Uh, Lecrae's new album, All Things Work Together, comes out next month. You can follow him on Twitter at Lecrae. Thanks also to King's Kaleidoscope for joining us. You can follow them on Twitter at King's K Music and their Good new mixtape. Nobody's going to figure out how to spell Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope that's right. King's K Music. Uh, their mixtape. The Beauty Between drops today. Go check it out. Hey, while you're online, uh, if you like this show, leave, leave us a review over in there in the iTunes store. It helps people uh, find it, and we like the positive feedback. If you don't like the show, just keep it to yourself. Um, and on that note, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Propaganda. And we'll see you next week. Good Hopefully, luck. it'll be a normal week this week. Yeah, good week. luck, America. Yeah. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. 
Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Alpacas, you've cost me everything! Shop Amazon for last minute gifts. Great deals for everyone on your list. Gifts for mom and gifts for dad. Even for your sister and your brother, Chad. Ah, shoot, we didn't realize we were supposed to get a gift for our dog walker guy. We almost forgot about our dentist, Dr. Kerr. We didn't expect to get a gift from her. Or our cousin, I forget his name. He got us something nice, better reciprocate. For last minute deals on gifts for people you forgot. Get past the free shipping at Amazon.